and welcome to a new episode of Heads It's Beer, Tails It's Tequila Shots. I am your one of your hosts, John. And I'm Dee. <laughs> and uh, we're here with Pep, who is with us every Friday. And I'm bribing him with Peppacocker cookies, which basically is a Swedish ginger snap. I'm trying to keep him from barking because, of course, he's acting like a little spoiled child. Yeah, he always does that on Friday nights. Friday nights, he, I don't know, he lets his spoiled child out as soon as I get home from work. And uh, it's kind of annoying, but we love him. So, that, thankfully, uh, D had, had some cookies for him. And hopefully, he will let us record tonight. Um, Unlike the last episode we did. <laughs> which lasted 20 minutes. Uh, 20 minutes and I think 10 of it at least, he was Barking his full head off. <laughs> so, he's um, sneezing right now. <laughs> and he's sneezing and he's a goon. And if there was video for this, you guys would see just what a goon he is. Um, so we can't, a topic, <gasps> tonight's topic is not pet barking, although it seems to be our topic every night. Um, we were talking about, and it's about a year ago, so yeah, it works. <laughs> um, the first time and you saw me in a corset in person. Yes. Uh, D, uh, before COVID, was in a dance troupe and they did burlesque dance. But I didn't actually dance. I volunteered. I was um, the bartender at their shows. So uh, the first time I saw the corset was for the October show. You sent yes, me a picture. The, the Halloween show. The Halloween show. And I got a picture. And I was ready to jump in my car and speed up to Jamestown after the picture. Yes, because <laughs> the co-bartender with me basically hit on me. And I just basically told him, um, no, I don't think my future husband would appreciate the comment he gave me, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not really interested in a threesome with you and your wife. <laughs> and I basically sent the picture and I got a response like, um, I'm about ready to hop in the car and come see you. And I'm like, like, yeah, that might might be a good idea because I just got hit on by a very unattractive man. So I, but I did not. I, I really thought about it. Uh, my only issue was... I think it was a little bit later, and by the time I would have got there and back, it would have been rough. But I really wanted to go. So then when I heard that they were going to do another show around Christmas, I blocked off time and I came up for that show. Yes, you knew by the end of the night that they were going to do a Christmas show, and basically I had a message by the end of the night, I booked my room. (laughs) There was no way I was missing the next show. Uh, <laughs> yes and one recommendation ladies if you ever wear a corset the way i wore one it is a full bone in laced in tight up tight corset do not drive a vehicle you cannot sit upright and drive a vehicle and shift a car driving a car with a corset is a no-no well yeah you can do it because i proved i can do it but i do not recommend it because it hurts like a motherfucker <laughs> it 
hurt so bad at sitting there and I could not bend and I could not breathe and I had to drive my car from the venue which was less than five minutes from my house no less but I drove and I was wearing knee-high boots <laughs> and a skirt and trying to get into my vehicle and I got a arch cramp in my foot and a calf cramp no less trying to get in my vehicle and here I am outside the venue swearing like a dirty sailor getting in my vehicle going oh my fucking god I can't get in my car I had to pull the seat back in order to get into my car the whole way back so I remember you telling me that yes and then I had to buckle the seat belt then I had to reach down and pull the seat forward in order to drive the car, but I couldn't pull it for, forward all the way or I wouldn't have been able to shift because I couldn't <laughs> bend over to shift the vehicle. So here I am driving at midnight going, I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> that, had to be the the <laughs> that had to be the longest five minute ride ever. I'm out the, down the road. And I'm at the stoplight, and there's a person sitting next to me, and look, and look, I'm like, just don't fucking look at me. <laughs> but I made thirty-seven dollars in tips that night. Yeah, and that was the October one. That was for Halloween. She made thirty-seven bucks in tips. Yeah, and I got felled up by a drunk lady who said my boobs look good. Oh yeah, the <laughs> MC, right? No, not that MC. She MC'd the Christmas show though, but she was there to see the uh october show she goes man your boobs look amazing can i touch them <laughs> right on the tip i'm like well okay the tits have been felled up by a woman oh my god well it wouldn't be the first time i've had my tits felled up by a woman of course and but that's a doctor's office <laughs> fell up by a couple i'm like okay well i guess if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen in this day and age, anybody's going to grab your boobs. So it was, was it a trick or a treat? It was disappointing. <laughs> it was disappointing. <laughs> so, so she didn't have to drive the next one. I drove for the uh, Christmas show. Or did I? Oh, no, you drove for the Christmas show, but you... You, you had to change you the walked, You walked down and met me down there right. at the venue. Yeah, because my hotel was only a couple blocks away. And uh, I met you there. But that time you... Because I had somebody else do my makeup for me. Yeah, and you had to change your clothes for when you left. So you didn't yes. have to Wear drive in the course corset again. <laughs> I learned my lesson after that one. But, um, but that was the first time I saw the corset live and in person. And I was in full gear. And I was lit up, literally. Yes. My uh, skirt had tinsel and lights. And I had gotten a, was it a message earlier in the day to bring clips, big clips. And I was like, bring big clips? What is this about? Then I found out why we needed the big clips. Because the lights had battery packs on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked in and now remember, I we'd been dating a couple of months by that point. Yes. But... I'd never seen anything quite like that. We were also engaged by that point. Yeah, we were. We were engaged by this point. So uh, I had never seen anything quite like that. And let me tell you. 
I wasn't unhappy. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. Um, but you saw quite a few people in corsets that night, but I don't think you were looking at the other one. No, I was not. Uh, that was the that was the, the interesting part. You know, this is a burlesque show, and I wasn't watching the show. And it was, go watch the show. It's like, no, I'm good. I'm I'm good. I, I, I've got the bartender pretty much set up, so I just hung out by the bar the whole night. And I got people drinking drinking alcohol but we were serving beer beer and wine and water and soda for anybody who didn't want to drink alcohol and which which was a good setup there yeah it's a good time um go in open-minded if you're gonna see one of these though because it's really cool and the the ladies put in a lot of work and these these ladies, and they are women and there were a couple gentlemen there who do the burlesque show for for the troupe and they're called the laced up ladies and of course with covid right now they cannot perform and they cannot practice so but i'm sure once covid is hopefully a memory of the past or is been alleviated they can begin to do their shows again and i will continue to support them and volunteer and do shows with them yeah, they do a great job. They're very entertaining. They have a good time with it. And, uh... it's A lot of it's done because burlesque was started back in the 20s during the start of the vaudeville. And the history of burlesque happened during the vaudeville. And vaudeville was the start of comedy shows. And coming from what I lovingly refer to my hometown as the Dirty J, we know that Jamestown is home to the National Comedy Center, so it goes hand in hand with what they do. So that's why they started up Burlesque Troupe to kind of pay homage to Vaudeville and the Comedy Center, and they want to continue that tradition. And we also um, a lot of some of some of the uh, numbers and routines are comical. And of course, you got a big kick out of one of the numbers. <laughs> if you've ever seen the the SNL sketch, Dick in a Box, they did homage to the song Dick in a Box. And I lost my shit when they did that. I was like, going, yep, you heard it right. And the girls did a number to it. And they came out with the gift packages taped to their bodies and I just lost it. I was like, yep, they went there and they had vibrators strapped on and inside a box. It was phenomenal. I couldn't believe when I heard the music I said that, no. Yeah, (laughs) they did. (laughs) Um, The Justin Timberlake version. It was a really good time. That was the first one. And then by the second one in February. Which was the anti-Valentine's Day show. Right. And that was actually a benefit show for Jillian's brother who had had an accident shortly after the December show. He had fallen off a roof and had suffered a head trauma. He's he's still recovering, but um, at this point right now. And that was a huge benefit show and they did yeah. phenomenally well and that at that point was just before covid had broke loose and had gone yeah it was about a month before right just about yeah a month. which is just a month before and 
at that time. We did tickets at the door. And oh my <laughs> that was one hell of a show there. <laughs> yep. I got to work, so it was like the second only the second time I was there and I they brought me right in and I got to work that the front We worked the desk. front door. Yeah. And uh, we had a good time doing that. That was Yes, uh, and then we went downstairs and had had food to eat. Yep. We, they did it at a bar which no longer is open unfortunately. Uh, they, which was yeah, which was one of our favorite places. Yeah, and they closed but um yeah, we went downstairs after it was over. We had some food and we sat and talked for a while and uh, we closed the place. <laughs> pre- yeah, pretty much. And then it was one of the coldest nights last winter. And you got an earful as I walked up the hill. <laughs> he learned I do swear quite well. Yeah, it was it was a uh, because I parked a couple blocks away again. We had to because it was yeah. so it was so busy that night. It was very very cold out, and yes, I I think my father would have been proud at my sailor tongue. Yeah, it was really actually it was a great. It was as entertaining as the show almost after we were done, and uh, we went back uh, and D looked amazing again. So I was happy guy. But I was not wearing a corset. There was no corset. There was no corset that night. No, no corset, but you looked very pretty as always. And uh, I was the luckiest guy there. So I was pretty happy. (laughs) Yes, that that was fun. So that was, uh, that's the indoctrination to uh, burlesque and corsets. Uh, I don't recommend if you're a lady wearing one because they are not comfortable from what I understand. It isn't the first time I've worn them. <laughs> no. No, but uh, in terms of comfort, not so good. But you can wear a corset. <laughs> now, if we can just get this COVID-15 off of me, maybe we'll try it again. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else tonight did we want to talk about? We had another topic in... Um, Kids, it was about dating and um, dating someone who has children and kind of the best ways to go about bringing the child or the children into the relationship, I think. Um, Now, we each have children from other relationships. And I know in some cases, that's all that turns people away. Yeah, yeah. I know it. Um, she be, before um, Minnie me met John. The first thing she told me was that if I got into another relationship, she asked that I not live with my partner, and I I ultimately respect that. And I said, you know what, honey, I I can agree to that because I've had a couple relationships since I had split with her father and I did live with one of them and it was an ultimate disaster because he did not respect her. He was actually quite rude to her and very condescending to her and I saw how much that hurt her because it made her feel as if she did not have respect for her space and herself and ultimately that really hurt her and it hurt me and you got to take that into consideration when you have a child or children and 
you have to respect your partner's child as well if they also have children. And a lot of people will say, well, if you get into a relationship with somebody who has kids, that you're doing it, the person in it, the other person doesn't have a child, that you're using that other person as a backup daddy or a backup planner or a backup mama or whatever. No, if you have a good relationship with your ex or you can get along with your new partner's ex, you're giving your child a bonus if everybody can get along, especially if there's no animosity. But you ultimately have to respect the kids. Yeah, I think that that's 100% right. And uh, who is being very nice. The person who mentioned the getting in a relationship with someone with children is former Major League Baseball player Aubrey Huff, who, quite honestly, I think his whole plan in life is just to get clickbait on Twitter because the things he says just make no sense. They come with no thought involved at all. Uh, when I'd seen what he had said, I got very angry um, because I do not feel that way at all in this relationship that I have. Uh, the mo- One of the most important things to me when I found out D had a child was if things go anywhere, I want to make sure that, you know, she is part of the relationship. She is as she is, you know, one of my kids. She's a bonus kid to me. Um, and that's very important. So, you know, if you are going to get into a relationship with someone who has a child, uh, you know, make sure you take take your time at first. But yeah, ultimately, as you go for go farther with the relationship please respect those children they are going to be part of your lives as you go forward and mini me also has she has an older sister who is a not a full sibling because but i also consider her older sister my child because i helped raise her when i got involved with her father because she was a part, she was already a part of her father. You know, I mean, she was born when I got involved with her father. So I accepted her wholly as a part of a whole package. And I still, you know, she is a part of the family. I consider her my bonus daughter. And I still will consider and mini me has a younger half sibling who came along after my relationship with her father ended unfortunately mini me and her older sister don't have contact with this child and I you know I feel really horrible because they're this child has no contact or relationship with them and they have no contact or relationship with her. And that's due to the fact that the mother has chosen not to allow that. And that's kind of sad because they miss out on that bond. And that that's ultimately, that's, but I also say, that's not my business because it's not for me to interfere in that portion. But eventually, should this child come forward in the future and say, 
I want a relationship with my sisters. Would you allow me to be a part of that? And I'm going to be, oh, hell yeah, because I'm not going to deny that because I've actually met this child when she was younger and she was very, you know, she actually reached out to me and was affectionate. I'm like, why would I deny a child affection? I'm, I'm sorry, but that's not how I was raised. I was raised to love. Even though my parents, growing up, never showed physical affection, I knew they still loved me. And that was the one thing my mom always said when she, even a couple years ago before, because I haven't seen my mom since July of last year because of COVID, she told my daughter the one thing she was proud of me for was that I showed love physically and verbally and emotionally because her mother never did because she grew up in a time where parents never showed you know physical or physical affection towards their children children were to be seen and not heard and that's really kind of sad and so she goes I'm proud of you for breaking that one generational thing you broke something that growing up parents didn't do growing up back then and it's really kind of sad because kids need to be shown love. Absolutely. And she goes, my mom and my mom and dad never did that. Well, she also lost her dad when she was seven years old. So she didn't know her father. She never really got that bond. She remembers bits of him until he passed away. He passed away when she was very young. She had a stepfather who wasn't really there. And he didn't. He never showed any form of emotion towards them after her mom remarried. So she she just had no fatherly bond. So and this is why it's very important to me to know to know that my child knows she is loved on all aspects. Her father loves her, and that's very evident. You've met him, mm-hmm. and you know he loves this. So and he shows it in his way. So, and you know his his parents have pa- his his dad has passed on so, and his mother lives out of state so but she absolutely adores her grandchildren and she shows physical affection she's just raised she was raised differently as well it's just your environment that you're raised in well i was raised without that physical you know the you know the the hugging and that stuff uh, but I felt loved because my dad and I did a lot of stuff together. So it was one of those, you know, hey, bud, how you doing kind of things. But then I had two daughters. So now I had to learn how to be a dad to daughters. I knew how to be a dad to a son if I had one because that's what my dad was. And it took me a bit. I started off raising my girls as if they were boys. I was tough on them. I would put them down. I or not put them down. I didn't put them down. I would sit them down, and uh, you know, I would discipline them, not with physically, but I would, you know, knock them down a little bit, like with sarcasm. I would, I was raising them with sarcasm. Hey, girls. Know that thing next to the sink? It's called the dishwasher. The dishes can actually go in there and they'll get washed. I did that stuff. And I'm not proud of it. Um, but then I learned. Then I kind of figured it out. Like, that's not 
that's not a good way to to raise them, especially when they're smaller. When they get older and you do that, it's a little different because they understand sarcasm. You can't do that when they're younger. They don't get it. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work when they're younger. So sarcasm, actually, when you get older with, with, your, with uh, children, it kind of works a little bit. Actually, my kids are really fluent in sarcasm, and I'm proud of that. Uh, they use it on me, and I I just laugh because it's like I, that you know that that's who I am, and I, I'm glad you learned back it. To bite you in the ass. Yep, bites me hard <laughs> sometimes. But the thing is, I had to learn how to raise daughters, and now I think my daughters and I have a a pretty good relationship. And when I see them, we hug. When it's time to go, we hug. And my younger one really needs those hugs. You know, my older one. She's 23 now, but she still likes to hug her dad. But my younger one at 19 still needs that that hug from dad before I go. And uh, I hope she'll always need that hug before I go. So, Absolutely. So it is. It is part of how you're raised. But, boy, when I had two daughters, and I love my girls to death, and people said, you know, are you upset that you didn't have a son? I just look at them like, why? Why would you even bring that up? My daughters are healthy. They're happy. They're smart. They work hard. They show, you know, they show the love that I gave them. So, no, I'm not upset that I don't have a son. But uh, if you're not used to having a son, or on the other way, if you're, you know, if you're not used to having a son or a daughter, it might take a little bit of adjusting <laughs> in terms of how you raise them. Uh, and hopefully, you will adjust quickly. And as long as you have support, I think you'll you'll be fine. Um, Dee is a great mom. I I I've seen how she is with her daughter, and it's, and it's every it's, morning is started. And people think I'm a little bit overboard, but when I wake her up every morning, every morning is started out with "Good morning, beautiful. It's time to get up." And people are like, you know, you're instilling a complex. No. I think you need to at least start them out with one positive thing every morning. Yeah. Yep. I agree. A hundred percent agree. And she, she'll get up and she'll be like, Ugh. she's a typical teenager now. I don't want to get out of bed. Well, I don't want to get out of bed every morning either, but it's get up. And the first thing she does, she comes over and she, we, we hug each other. I'll give her a hug and I'll like, okay, I'll let me leave and let you go get your, get yourself ready for school. And because this poor kid, Every day since she was about three and a half years old has had to get up anywhere from 5.45 in the morning to 6 a.m. every morning because I've had to go to work as a single mom. The kid has never had a normal childhood because I have been a single mom since she was three. But you do such a good job at I mean, it's not easy, and she's adapted to it, which is... Which is really when, when, when I say she's never had a normal childhood, I mean, most kids will have a normal child where they get up at 7.30 or so and get ready and go to school during the school year. Then when school gets out, most kids, like some areas will get out in May, like third or fourth week of May, they get out of school and then they have their summer vacation. So most kids have their summer vacation. They get to sleep in until whenever, what, 8.30, 9 o'clock, maybe sometimes 10 or 10.30 or whatever later. My child never got that. She got it one week out of the summer when the company that I work for would shut down for a week for 
our week, our yearly shutdown in July. Now we don't do it anymore. My child does not get that. She's from the time she's been three years old through now for the last 10 years, does not get that normal childhood in the summer. She's conditioned to get up at 6 a.m. every morning. Yeah. And I and that's the one thing I've always felt guilty about, that she's never been given a normal childhood like I did. But I also know that when she gets up and where she needs to go, that she's looked after and she's cared for. That I don't have to go to work and worry, is my child not being looked after? Is she being abused or mistreated or if she, is she off wandering around somewhere is somebody neglecting her and not t- paying attention to her and not keeping an eye on her she's always been in a daycare setting where she's being taken care of and if something happens i get a message or a phone call saying hey oh she did something wrong or something i'm like believe me i know she knows she's going to get in trouble and you know, when I first got moved here, I, it was good for two months because I got to have her here for two months. So I would get up and go down and pick her up in the morning. And if she wanted to go lay down, she could at least rest for a little while. So she got a little bit uh, something different. And I felt horrible when I got my new job because it meant she couldn't do that anymore. You know, I felt terrible that I took a job outside the house, but at the same time, in the long run, it's a job that's going to be best for our family. So I couldn't say no, but it took me a little while to get used to not bringing her in here. And it's parental, it's parental guilt, but you yeah. you adjust to it. And because uh, we were, you know, she was doing really well. She's still doing really well with school, but we kind of had a really good routine when she was here and. Some days weren't easy. (laughs) Typical teenager. Typical teenager. And then because I'm not her biological dad, part of being, you know, to discipline her was difficult for me because I I didn't have that tie to her. I wanted her to just do well. And and, uh, but at the same time, I I tried to be a guardian when she's here. So there's a balance of that. Now that's a different thing. I know how to raise daughters now because I have to, but this is a little different because, you know, she's not mine as much as I love her. She's definitely a bonus, but it's hard for me to be a disciplinarian with her. But she also knows that and she would try to play that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but. Yeah, that, that that little stinker side. But I got over that fast, too. At first, it would be like... She, I would get a message. I'm like, oh, no, hell no. Don't even let her go there. Yeah, I got mom's permission to kind of... Crack the whip. Yeah, crack the whip a little bit. Show some discipline. And uh, I, you know, as far as I know, we get along Almost well. got a phone call going, give me the goddamn phone. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got a phone call going, put her on the goddamn phone. But we, I think we found a, we found a common ground, and uh, I think so far so good. I think it works. We still have our moments, but. Uh, and she got a message from mom today stating that her 
grade for the first trimester in math is a 99. Which is fantastic. Which is fantastic for a child who has a mild dyslexic trait, which is phenomenal. I'm very proud of her. She's a hardworking kid and... With a, with a learning issue yeah. such as what she has, it's, you know, a lot of things are a struggle for her because when she tries to read, things come out jumbled. I mean, she looks at words. She says, some of these words look like a language that I don't understand. The simple, a simple English language does not look like words to her. Yeah, and that's something I, I'm still learning as I work with her with her schoolwork. Sometimes I forget that. And uh, I can be a little hard on her, but... And unfortunately, it's the same with me because I have a passion for reading. And for her, it's it's an, it's an absolute struggle. Yeah. But she works hard at it, and she, you know, she, she's getting there. And she also knows that we're not going to give her the answers either. She's going to have to work to get them. And uh, now that she knows that, I think it's really helped her. Now that she gets that, she's going to have to do the work. I think it's really helped her. And look, at she's doing so well in school. And I think she's going to feel that sense of accomplishment when she gets her grades at the end of this semester. I really do. Um, what else do we have tonight? We can talk about uh, National Lampoon's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving before we close the night oh, out. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah Thanksgiving Yeah, last week. You learned that that's what I classified her Thanksgiving. It was okay, and that's why I brought two bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> we we will lovingly refer to my uh, my ex as cousin Eddie. <laughs> He's well meaning, but he likes to dominate a conversation, and I'm not going to bash him for that. He, I think. I think that's his way of compensating for probably being uncomfortable with the fact that the mother of his child has moved on and is getting married. I think he probably realizes, boy, I fucked up and I fucked up hard. And <laughs> and you are probably were a little uncomfortable because you probably you weren't also weren't feeling well last week either. No, you were just it was a rough week. You were just, you know, you were missing family, and with COVID, you couldn't go home, and I think that also kind of played a part, too. And, of course, with him talking, I'm like, yeah, here, I'm just going to go just kind of fill up the wine glass a little bit more. Yeah, dear, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Just drink a little bit more. Yeah, it was, I mean, I sat there, I think I said two words for three hours, and it wasn't that I didn't want to say anything. You couldn't say anything. <laughs> I never heard somebody not stop. Like, there wasn't a pause at all. It just kept going and going. He was the Energizer Bunny, and <laughs> I was both frustrated and impressed at the same time. <laughs> and I'm just like, kitty, 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 kitty. Yeah, yes, there's a cat. Ca- yeah. <laughs> yes, they have a cat that's name is Lucky. He is a Maine Coon. Biggest little fluff ball you ever saw. He's fluffy, thick, and he's a he really is a good cat. But yeah, I call him Meatball. Meatball, and he's my friend now. It took a while, but he he and yeah. I get along, which is good. When I go over there, he comes over to me and he likes me pat him. At first, he wouldn't ran. the first time he <laughs> he, met ran. You, he ran. But yeah, it's yeah, it is probably what you would call an odd situation but 
we do appreciate that he did invite us over to join him because how everything is they were discouraging people from getting together and it just we were we were well under the 10 person rule here let's just clarify that yeah there were there were only five five of us <laughs> five of us so we were safe yeah uh but it was still quite odd me carving a turkey before everybody got there i was like son of a bitch <laughs> the damn thing almost went flying out of the roaster pan <laughs> i'm like Oh, just picture me with an oversized fork, like carving fork and a knife. And I'm like going, I'm going. <laughs> and all I could think of was carving the turkey from National Lampoons. And that's all I could think and It pops of. open and it's just dead inside. But it was actually a moist turkey. So I do, I do give him lots of credit because he did a very good job cooking the turkey. He actually makes a better turkey than my mother makes. <laughs> Uh, and it was very nice because I, honestly, I didn't want a Thanksgiving this year. I, I, uh, I was excited about it, and then when all this came down, and I found out I couldn't go home, I, I really was not in a, a it, good place. And it wasn't because you couldn't travel. Um, they were recommending that if you went out of state anywhere. And, of course, going into Pennsylvania, they were recommending if you traveled that you provide a negative COVID test. While living where we do, no one would test John unless he was exposed to a COVID positive person with a confirmed case or he was presenting symptoms. Well, he was neither. And any place that we called to find a test refused to test him. Because we are limited on case, uh, the testing supplies here in Chautauqua County are limited and they're running low because we've had a rise in cases here. So they, they're, they're saving the tests for people who are presenting symptoms or have been exposed to direct positive cases. So that was hard to not go. And, and the main reason I didn't get to go, I, I have a family member who is compromised. So, you know, they they were a little uncomfortable and I, I stayed here, but I was and glad out to of, out of respect. Yeah. I, we, and I originally had not planned on going simply because, you know, we haven't been around them and I wanted you to be with your family in the first place. It was just mutual respect there. And I had to work the next day anyway. I had to be up early and go to work. And I also have a family member with the same immune compromise so had I had family a family get together and sort of thing, I would have probably said no, I'm not going simply because of that. So we did it out of respect, but it was a rough it was rough and but I I was glad to get our Thanksgiving together because we need our holidays as a family. And for Christmas, no we are not doing a national lampoons christmas no. dinner <laughs> no we will uh, we have we have made that decision no we i think we would prefer not to have a redo of that no meow mix in the green jello <laughs> we're not gonna do that no <laughs> no mama already has meltdowns going christmas shopping as it is i promise i won't do 
Clark Griswold's <laughs> rant rant when everything the explodes. Jelly of the month club. <laughs> Hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? No, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, as it is, and believe it or not, folks, I am probably one of the few females who does not like to go shopping. And John will confirm this. Nope. Especially when I go grocery shopping, I get some serious swearing going on under my breath. And a lot of it is not from with, because sometimes Minnie Me and John will accompany me. And sometimes I'm like, guys, we need to get the motherfuck out of here because mm-hmm. I'm going to motherfuck slap somebody. Because some people can get a little bit too close for comfort when they're around us. And it's like, oh, I'm going to lose my shit now, folks. <laughs> and I can catch, I've I've learned when it's getting close. I can see the the needle get to the top and it's like okay we just have to get one or two more things and at that point we start to sacrifice is this really a necessary item no we can go we can go we don't really need one of those right now you know we'll be fine without uh, a pack of the napkins or whatever it is like no we'll, we'll use you know paper towels we're good we can go because we don't want mama exploding no because mama's almost lost her shit on people especially when they walk in front of me because I can get I can get some serious cart rage going. Or when they don't walk in front of you. When they are in front of you and they stop in the middle of the aisle. Oh, we've gotten to the point where it's like, excuse me, do you think you can move your motherfucking ass? <laughs> Let's go. Move it to the side. Let's go. When they stop in the middle of the aisle... Especially, and it's always good when it's when it's because they want to go play on their phone and they're in the middle of the aisle. There are plenty of places to go play on your phone. In the middle of the aisle is not a good one. Because there's going to be a time where Mama's going to drop it. She's going to drop the F-bomb in front of everybody. And I'm not going to care. <laughs> no, she's not going to care. That's one thing about her. She does not care. Well, I do, but I don't want to do it in front of my daughter because no. I know it embarrasses her because she's like, Mom, could you please not swear? Because I, I have raised her to be respectful to other people. I mean, you know, you see my, if, if you do follow me on Twitter and you do see, yes, I do. I do not filter my conversations. But that's good. You should. And people have asked, well, why, do, and some people have asked, why do you, you know, and some people have said, thank you for your morning tweets and your memes and tweets and i explained to somebody i do them in memory of my father and my brothers and my cousin donna they've all have passed in the last 10 years and it's my way to honor them because they've gotten me through some really tough shit and they're wonderful and oh yeah they are they've gotten you through three of them have gotten you through a rough a tough situation that one time on your way home yeah, they did. They got me home safely on a day when I didn't think I was going to be home. Um, I had almost almost totaled my car. And, and it wasn't your fault. <laughs> no. Nope. wasn't my fault. Uh, between weather and truck driver, I uh, almost totaled my car. I almost ended up in, in a guardrail and in a ditch. And uh, I didn't go there. And I felt that wheel. I felt an extra tug on that wheel to straighten it out. And uh, I got home, and I am convinced that my 
brother-in-laws and my father-in-law who I will meet someday but um, they were they got me home they got me home and uh, you know yeah I and a lot of people say you know when they meet my sisters they look at me and they're like there's no way those girls are your sisters I, they're more like your cousins and I'm like no they're my sisters because if you see this I, there's me and then you've got my two sisters on the other ends I am the middle daughter of my two I'm the middle sister of my two sisters but you got my older sister and my younger sister and they're closer when it comes to relationship wise they're close but and then there's me <laughs> I I didn't really have a close relationship with either one of them but I love them dearly and I always will I was closer to both my brothers my younger brother took me to my very first concert my other brother took me to a concert but I always had a closer bond with them because I would go to football games with them high school football games or sporting events with them and with my dad I would do things with my dad and I also worked with my dad so I'm also, I was second generation into the company that I work with, with my dad. So I worked with him for a few years until he retired. So I, that's why I have a a closer bond with them. And so when you see my, in my Twitter bio, it, it is, there is no joke when I say I probably have the sense of humor of a dude. Yep. That was one of the first things I read about. I said, that actually was very attractive to me. It's like... She fits right in. Like, she just fits. And I remember as a younger, when I, when we would be doing something at a family member's house and we'd be, the, they would be outside playing football out in the yard, I would go out and sit and watch them or they would let me play. So you were really, yeah, you were definitely your, your I, dad. My, your sister, my sisters would not come out and throw the football and let catch football with my brothers. But I would. So I enjoyed it more. And well, uh, as you can hear, somebody's getting antsy in the background. So it's probably a good time to wrap up. And he, obviously, here's the thing. He did not. Ah, but we're not done yet. No, technically we're not done yet. And I have to get up and get the coin. So buckle up, Buttercup, because he might be. He ready to be, roll. He might be ready to hop on and take a ride. <laughs> Let's get the coin. Dude. <laughs> and it is heads. Heads so. is beer. Yo. <laughs> so tonight is beer, and I think that's the second time in a row. Too. We got yes. beer. So uh, we're going to head out, and we don't know where we're going, but... There will probably be beer involved. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. We hope we entertained and educated. Very educated. <laughs> and if not, that's your own goddamn fucking fault. <laughs> Finish it up, Mrs. <laughs> With that said, be kind and don't be a dick. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>